Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sport in 160 EM podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, as you can see. He's a part of the Blue Moon podcast. He is David Mooney. How can I help? How can I help? How are you today? <laughs> I'm not too bad, thank you. I hope you will. Can you tell I've been working all day with that house I, help you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it happens to the best of us. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no worries. So um, before we get into anything, just want to explain like what the Blue Moon podcast is and, and just basically like who you are? Yeah, we started, uh, well, I started Blue Moon in, uh, oh God, 2009, um, largely because at the time City were, were they, they'd been taken over and were becoming the story. Um, but the club had ditched the official podcast that they had at the time. Uh, there was no other kind of City podcast around of it all. And I had uh, ambitions of leaving university and going into working in radio. So I decided to to set up and, and start uh, actually talking about City myself. Um, and then I ended up working in radio and and not giving the podcast up as I originally kind of promised. Well, as soon as I uh, as soon as I actually got a job in in the industry, I would give it up, and I never did that. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been going strong ever since. Um, it's gone through various different kind of formats and iterations, and where we're at now, we're, we're basically do a weekly show every Friday. We, we actually record it on a Thursday. Um, so with uh, kind of coronavirus and everybody learning how to do podcasting remotely instead of in the same room uh we've started doing it a bit earlier so it's now out uh, on a thursday thursday evening uh but it used to be uh, every friday anyway uh, and it's kind of a magazine show so we preview the games um coming up we talk about the games just gone uh we have opposition guests in like we had yourself on this week um just kind of in various different ways, shapes, forms. We do, we talk about all topical stuff. So this week we've done a big thing on ticket prices because uh, that's what we've been asked about. Uh, City had pretty reasonably good ticket prices uh, for the FA Cup game last weekend. Uh, so yeah, we, we just talk about whatever's uh, whatever's current with City. So it's uh, it's all good fun. Yeah, and if anyone does want to listen or follow on Twitter, the links will be down in the description, also on our Twitter page once this goes live. Just to preface this, this is before the Porto game, so we'll probably be live on the weekend. Hopefully we've won, but if we, if we draw or lose, you know, <laughs> probably won't be hearing from me for a few days. But um, yeah, uh, this will uh, be, be after that, so anything that gets spoken and it doesn't become true or doesn't happen, you know, that's probably going to be our fault, but... But yeah, we'll, 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 without further ado, we'll crack on. Um, but just before we get into it, I just wanted to ask you a question. Who is your most favourite Man City player of all time? Oh, well, uh, th- this is this is a real question, and and it's gonna be it's gonna be an answer that I reckon uh, most of your viewers and listeners don't 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 know or don't remember, um, because it's very easy for for us to talk about the players that have been signed post 2008 and and the, the takeover that have, that have propelled City to titles and, and stuff like that. Um, but I grew up in the 90s and I grew up um, watching City go on a tour of the Football League and up and down, up and down all the time. Um, and I grew up as a goalkeeper. And uh, so I, I was always I, I was always really focused on who was who was playing in goal for City. And so whenever I'm asked this question, people always look a bit confused when I said that my all time favourite City player is a guy called Nicky Weaver. Nicky Weaver came through the ranks uh, at uh, Mansfield. He signed for City uh, in 2000, uh, in uh, 1997, I think it was. Um, and then had a year in City's, uh, it was the youth setup. There. It wasn't quite the academy at that point. 
Uh, and then he made his debut in 1998 and was this real hot prospect. He was a fantastic goalkeeper whose career was uh, sadly blighted by injuries. Um, I am I am almost positive had he not had uh, a, a, the, the injuries that he had when um, uh, around about 2002 onwards, uh, he'd have played for England and he'd have been much more well-known than, than he is. Uh, he was fantastic. I loved him to bits when uh, when I was when I was watching him. And the, the kind of the story of his is uh, that he, he he ended up having to have uh, a knee uh, a, a, the cartilage in his knee replaced, um, and he went on a donor's list and ended up having to wait for effectively somebody to die that would that they would be able to have the donor of um, of, of the cartilage. And he ended up back as City's first choice goalkeeper in, in 2006. And it was a real kind of uh, a point where he thought he'd never play for City again. He'd never, he'd never possibly never even play in uh, in the league again. Uh, it turned out being City's uh, first choice for the for the 2006-07 season. Uh, and then the club made ma- uh, kind of massive errors behind the scene and he ended up leaving on a free. So I was disappointed with that. But he's my all-time favourite City player. And it's really weird to say that with, when you've had players like Yaya Toure, David Silva, Sergio Aguero, Vincent Company, Pablo Zabaleta, these sorts of players. Uh, but mine's a goalkeeper that played for City in the second division. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, at least no one can accuse you of sort of being a, a glory hunter or, or <laughs> coming in after the takeover. You've definitely been, like you said, through, through the football leagues. Um, with that in mind... I would assume, obviously, the goal for most Man City fans is is the Champions League. You know, the one title that hasn't hasn't really come your way. I know you got to the final against Chelsea. Obviously, an unlucky result to lose that. But is it fair to say that it's pretty much UCL a bust this year? I know it's been quite a few years we've been waiting for it. Would it be a real disappointment not to get it this year? Um, it's funny, actually. Absolutely not is is my answer to is it UCL or bust? Uh, because I think at the start of every season, you ask City fans what they want to win, and the, I think the first answer is the Premier League every time. Um, that's that's not to say if if they win nothing and and then in then make the Champions League final and win it, that everyone will go well. That was a terrible season because it clearly isn't. But I think there's there's a, a huge kind of uh, disparity between how the Champions League is viewed from outside of City and how uh, the people behind the scenes at City see it and how City fans see it. I don't, I don't think City fans hold it in in the, the, the such high regard as uh, as a lot of a lot of other fan bases and and, and certainly not as as the people behind the scenes at City. Uh, I know, uh, for instance, the board and and the up the higher ups at City would be absolutely desperate to win the. Champions League and get that get that monkey off the back. I think City fans will be. Uh, I, I think a, a lot of City fans. I won't speak for all City fans, but I think a lot of City fans immediately go, "Well, win the Premier League first. That's your that's your main objective. Yeah. That's your test of of consistency over the course of the season." And I can kind of understand it because when you look at, at the team that wins the Champions League, it's not the best team in Europe. It's the team that's best at coping with uh, high pressure knockout ties against other. Other great teams. Um, you think of the English sides that have won the Champions League in in, in the last uh, kind of 10, 15 years or so. Uh, that Liverpool two thousand five team was by no means the best team in in Europe that year. That Chelsea yep. team um, that uh, that won it on penalties against Bayern Munich was nowhere near the best. Uh, I think it was twenty twelve. Uh, yep. Nowhere near the best best team in Europe that year. They just won the knockout ties when they needed to. Um, that's not to discredit their achievements, because obviously yeah, as City, a, a City have, have proven, you can't just have a really good team and win the Champions League. It's not happened for City yet. So it is a it is a hurdle to get over. Um, but I think it it, it it just kind of shows that 
uh, in those high pressure moments. It's maybe it, it maybe you need to not be in a title race in your in your domestic league to to have a better chance at it. Maybe you know City of City last season came as close as I've ever seen to anybody winning every single trophy that, that is available to them. Uh, they were knocked out in the FA Cup semi-final. They were knocked out in the Champions League final and they won the, the League Cup in the league. So, you know, they, were, they, they, they played in all but one game that was available to them. And I just wondered if I, I just wonder if part of the reason why they couldn't get over the line in a couple of the competitions was how they had to end up prioritising in, in various areas. Um Maybe that's just making excuses. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I agree with the point that you're saying about the the best team that always, best team in Europe not always winning the Champions League. Chelsea is a great example of it last year. They weren't very good in the Premier League. And then, obviously, Tuchel came in last year and then they obviously got better. But if you look at them now, they're definitely nowhere near that side that they were last year. So, yeah. so I, I think I think what you say is correct. But um, when you look at the, the ties that you could have got, in the, the round of 16, uh, without this, this sort of insulting my own club a bit, it was probably one of the best ones you could have hoped for in terms of, in terms of sort of competition. But at the end of the day, you have to beat them all to win win the competition. But what was the overall feeling like when you drew Sporting in in the Champions League? And was there much? I'm trying to word it like much hope that you just get through straight away, or was it? Was yeah, it I think anything? I think that the first thing um, to say is I think there was there, I think a lot of City fans were quite pleased that it was Sporting. Uh, I can't I actually can't remember what the draw was uh, the first time they did it because obviously they mucked it up the first time. Um, yeah, and so I can't I can't remember who City drew in the first in the first way round, uh, but it wasn't you guys. Um, and I, because I, I remember thinking, Sporting Lisbon is a good tie because we haven't been to Sporting in a long time. It's it's it, it's not a new tie. It's not a team that we've never faced before, but it is a new um, kind of tie in the sense of they haven't played there the last five six years. You, you look at the group stage whenever the group stage is drawn, like City. For I don't understand how City always seem to draw Shakhtar Donetsk in there. I, <laughs> it's in the group every single season, and if City yeah. aren't going in from pot one, then they always get Bayern Munich. I don't understand how that works. Right? <laughs> um, so CSK Moscow is the other one that, that are always in City's group. So it, it's good to face teams that you've done, that you've not faced for for a while, um, and and Sporting's one of them. And I think. There's, there's, there weren't many teams that City could draw where I think the fans were going. That's going to be tricky. Um, so it's certainly not a slight on Sporting to say that that City fans will look at this and go, City should win this and they should go through in, into the next round. Um, but that isn't to say it'll be easy either. Yeah, definitely. Because it's definitely not not an insult to us because we were like the one team we really don't want. For for me, it was I didn't want. Oh, there was three. I didn't want Bayern Munich. I didn't want Liverpool. Because I have a lot of friends who support Liverpool, and that would be—I <laughs> would never hear the end of it. And Man City, just because at the moment, I mean, you're pretty much running in the way of the league. I know it's not confirmed yet, but you're you're definitely having a great, great season. You know, on all fronts. Um, just just talk to me about sort of the realistic hopes that you think. Like, I know you gave your prediction on on the your your, your podcast, obviously, but um, in terms of like sporting, have you? We've we've been on English TV quite a bit. We've the League of Portugal has renewed their license with BT Sport and Free Sports. Have you had much chance? I haven't. To watch it? Yeah, I've, I haven't watched them. Uh, to be honest with you, I um, the, there's so much that I don't that I haven't watched. I've I've barely watched any of the uh, the Premier League that isn't City this season. Yeah. Um, 
and there's just uh, so, so much I, of it on isn't there there's, yeah, there's Premier I, so League I, there's La Liga there's everything that's on yeah TV so I, I, yeah. I don't I, I, have, I must I must confess and say I've not seen not seen a lot of sports in what uh, what I did do obviously ahead of ahead of doing Blue Moon um, was kind of have a look at how things have been going for you recently and and kind of your recent form and as you said before, we're recording before the before the Porto game, so that that can put an, that the result of that could put an entire different uh, complexion on on the table. Um, yeah. But recent form looks to have been pretty good, and uh, that I I always think that's a lot a lot of uh, much of a bigger indicator than, than league position. For example, City face Norwich uh, this weekend, and while if you were to look at, at Norwich's position in the league table and, and City position in the league table and you go, okay, that's uh, it, it's it's almost a dead cert that City will go and win that. Uh, the truth is, you know, Norwich are in form. They've, they, they've not lost in five games now. So that makes them, it makes it probably not a great time to play them. And I think I'm kind of feeling, getting the same feeling from Sporting right now. I feel like you've, you, you've had a bit of a good run. So uh, I, I certainly won't be complaining if Porto have, uh, have won the game on Friday night. I know you, I know, I know it kind of uh, would, would be horrific for you, but, uh, but uh, just something to kill that momentum might be a little bit nice, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, if it helps, I don't think we've beaten Porto in the last five in the league, that is, I think we've drawn every single one. So it's always been a stalemate of some sort. So yeah. I, I pretty much expect a draw tonight, to be honest. But, you know, if a win comes, it will win comes. But um, obviously, like I said, you're having a great season. I believe you've had three players in the team of the year. Ruben Diaz, one of them, Cancelo and De Bruyne. Am I missing anyone else in that? Uh, I don't know. But I, if I were to say, um, again, I don't really pay attention to things like team of the year. But if I were to say uh, City's top three performers this season, uh, it would be... Uh, weirdly, I probably wouldn't have thrown De Bruyne in there. I'd have thrown Mares in over uh, over him, but he'd have been a very close fourth. So uh, it yeah. would be those three and and Mares. Yeah. In terms of of the actual game, though, would your would your top three players change or for Sporting fans to look out of? Obviously, the, the Man City squad is incredible from from bottom to top to bottom. But who would say, let's say, three players who who Sporting should watch out for? The 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 key player, I think, uh, for City at the moment is João Cancelo. Um, he has been well; he's been incredible since uh, the start of uh, the last calendar year, so twenty twenty one. He's been doing kind of various different jobs in City's team. The one that caught the eye last year was him playing from left back, but cropping up as uh, as kind of a number ten at various times in, in the game and, and kind of working his way inside. He hasn't really been doing that this season. He's been up and down the line a lot more uh, this year, but he, he's he been performing consistently well uh, as the left-back for City this season. And it, he, he has been a regular kind of man-of-the-match winner. He's been a regular assister of goals as well. He, he does this thing with the outside of his foot where it's almost like he's refusing to kick it with his left foot. So he'll just bend it with the outside of his right foot all the time. Uh, and it works. It keeps getting it into. It keeps getting the ball into very dangerous situations and it keeps getting the ball in the net as well. So um, he's he's been one of City's best performers. As for the kind of like the front end of the pitch, it's hard to say look out for X or Y because Guardiola changes it up so much. Um, yeah. So so it'd be so easy to say Mares has been the key player and has been you know in, involved in a lot of... He scored um, coming into the weekend game with Norwich. He scored in every one of his last seven appearances for City. And, and uh, to kind of put that into context, uh, only Aguero um, has done that himself recently and that's uh, he's had eight and the, there's there's one other player that's had eight and one other player that's that's had 10 in a row uh, and they left city in the 60s so <laughs> like that that's how that that's the sort of run of form that mares is on right now yeah um 
But like saying that, there's a very strong chance that Guardiola plays him against Norwich at the weekend and then he doesn't feature against Sporting in midweek. So it, it's it's really hard to say who to keep an eye on as an attacking player because you just don't really know what Guardiola's going to do at the moment. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Um, obviously, Carl Walker has been suspended. I believe it's a, a three-game ban. So at the moment, it doesn't look like he's playing against Sporting, but I know City are currently appealing it. Um, but in terms of a starting eleven, as your personal preference, who would you like to see uh, on Tuesday night? Well, this is again, this is something that um, I think I wonder if me and Guardiola differ on on how we would approach this. And you know, I, he is paid a fraction more than I am to make these sorts of decisions. <laughs> just a little um, bit, yeah. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, so I. Obviously, no Carl Walker. Whether or not the appeal is successful, um, he, he's not going to be available for for the first leg uh, for the yeah. first um, first game in this tie. So my preference would be to put Cancelo at right back. Have um, it doesn't really matter who you have as the centre halves, whether it's Stones, Diaz, or Laporte. I would pick two of those three, um, and then to have uh, Zinchenko in at left back. But uh, at weekend when um, sorry at midweek when City played Brentford. Uh, John Stones played at right back, and uh, Cancelo stayed at left back, and that's something he might do again um, in in the in the Champions League tie. So that'd be one to watch out for. After that, you you're nailed on to pick Rodri as as your holding midfielder. After that, yeah, um, and then it's really as roll a dice for for who you want as the uh, as the rest of the team. Uh, obviously, so you've got Edison Edison in goal, the four at the back, then uh, with Rodri as the uh, as the holding midfielder, um, and then. I don't know, Bernardo and De Bruyne um, in front of that. And then your front three, I, I doubt it could be anybody. I, I, I would personally pick Sterling on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I wouldn't actually. I'd pick Mares on the right. I'd pick um, Foden on the left. And no, Foden through the middle and Sterling on the on the left probably would be would be my pick. But it, it really could. I mean, Grealish could be involved in there. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really difficult one to, to, to kind of pick at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, last but not least, I know you do your, your charity predictions at the end of, of, of your podcast. For those who might have missed it, or has your prediction changed, what is your prediction? Well, uh, you see, th- this is interesting because what um, when we have guests on like yourself, I don't have to give one, so I don't have to look like a fool if I get it wrong. <laughs> um, so the the other, you you went for uh, 2-1 to Sporting, and the other two guests, one went for a 3-0 City win and one, one went for a 3-1 City yeah. win. Um, so I I didn't have to do anything. I would I I I would go for a two one City win. Um, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's going to be particularly easy, um, but I would uh, I would like City to to kind of uh, bring a lead back. And, and something that that came up after we finished recording uh, Blue Moon. Actually, I'm not sure uh, has away goals been scrapped this season. Yeah, uh, I, so, I, yeah, I said it to you last on the podcast that we filmed, and then as soon as I ended the call, I was like, away goals aren't even there anymore. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, it doesn't matter if City if, if City bring a lead back or not, and or or or, or, or score in a in a narrow defeat. Uh, because there's no such thing as away goals anymore, so it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, that's that's that, that's that one. Um, yeah, you know, up in smoke. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, well, thank you very much for coming on. Um, as I said, um, uh, podcast links and Twitter links to the Blue Moon will be in the description. As to your uh, Twitter account, is there anything else you want to plug just before we go? Uh, no, I also do the Athletic City podcast. Why always us? So uh, if you if you really really desperately want to hear me chatting more nonsense about City, then you can uh, check that out as well. Okay, well, thank you again for coming on and hopefully Sporting get the last laugh. I know it's going to be <laughs> difficult, but um, yeah, um, thank you for joining us again and hope you have a good evening. And 
if when this does come out, hopefully Sporting beat Porto. So thank you again, yeah. and see you later. Thanks. Oh, 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 oh.